Welcome back, everybody. Happy Friday. Yes. Yes, it's a Friday. Love it. He's Adrian Broaddus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. What are you going to do this weekend? Rest, catch Let's up. Swim? Get swim, definitely swim. Yeah, it's too hot outside. What about you? I'm going to smoke out. You know, when I say that, it sounds like I'm a stoner. And I've never smoked anything in my life besides meat. So I'm going to smoke some salmon. That's the plan. Barbecue some chicken. Um, go in the pool and swim. And um, I don't know what we're doing Sunday. And then I'm getting up early uh, tomorrow and Sunday to take the kids to uh, basketball in the barrio. Nice. Okay, great. Got them there today. Um, Joel was there. Carson Haggerty is out there as well. They're having nice a good time. Nice name drop. I like there it. There you go. Well, you know, they needed a little buddy. They were there. They had some other friends that were there too. Their friends Liam and uh, Lincoln. So yeah, it was a good time. And then a lot of kids coming in from uh, South El Paso. It was it was terrific. It was a good it was a good camp. Good start. To, they probably had about 75, 80 kids. But I'll tell you this, Steve. Out of the seventy five, eighty kids, not any of them can tell jokes like Carson Haggerty. He learned a new one. And then, um, really? I, and then, yeah, and then I think Steve Yellen was teaching him another one. Oh man! So they were like trading off jokes today, this so, morning, before, while they were registering. That was pretty good. So he's learning some hoops, and he's learning some uh, new comedic acts that he can uh, contribute on on radio airwaves. Carson Haggerty next Father's Day. I like it. I like uh, it a lot. I like it too. So it was good. I think the uh, the joke was, um, what's like the best time to go to the dentist? What time? Tooth. 30. Ah, great one. Great, that was like great a, one. That was like a, a classic yell, and I heard that, and I'm like, ah, uh, Carson's going to remember that one. That's going to be on the broadcast next year. Tooth 30. Oh, uh, like too good. Too good. I love this. Oh, my goodness. Are we gonna, now, here's another question. Here's, this is what I want to do. Now, just because I want to do it doesn't mean I'm going to do it. I want to go see um, Thor Love and Thunder this weekend. I don't know if I can pull it off. Most of the tickets are gone, and um, between uh, basketball and the body and everything else we have going on, uh, it would have to be probably be Sunday, and I'm not sure I can pull that one, uh, make that happen. I'm going to try. I want to go to like a Sunday matinee. It looks fantastic, it does. Steve. I, I I'll tell you the previews. It makes it it makes you feel like you're not pressured to watch this film. It makes it feel like there's a little comedic relief, which there always is when yes. when it comes to Thor movies. Uh, but this one seems like one of those that you just want to make sure that you're uh, one of the first to watch this one. I agree with you. I totally agree with you. So anyway, that's also on the list of things to do that I want to do, but I'm not sure. If I'm going to do it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. you got to make sure that it fits in the schedule. And uh, and also, it's got to fit on Alamo's or it's Cinemark, wherever you end up going to watch this movie. It's got to fit in their theater schedule because if all the tickets are sold out, then, yeah, it's going to be tough. Probably Alamo. They are a sponsor of the station. I like to support our sponsors. Plus, they've got the bottom, bottomless popcorn, which is the greatest thing ever. So, yeah, that's uh, that, that would probably be where I'm going to go. Uh, Monticello, to be exact. So, um, and I like it there. It's nice. It's a, uh, the theaters are small, but the seats are amazing. The food's good, and beer is cold. That's all I ask for: good food, cold beer, and bottomless popcorn. And I'm all set and ready to go. Yeah, I like the fact that you can get all the craft beers over there at Alamo Draft House as well. That's that's one of the things that I like about it: the fact that they got a big selection of them. Well, that's all I. I mean, that's all I get. I won't, you know. I don't really drink domestic anymore. So, you know, the only domestic I would call domestic that I drink now, I'd like to drink. Well, again, this is, I don't consider Shiner Bach uh, craft beer. That was my question to you. Do you consider Shiner? No, it's too, uh, although you can't find it everywhere. It's not like Bud Miller and Coors. It's not exactly like it's all over the place. I mean, outside of, uh, you know, the West Coast or South or Texas and and other parts of the, you're not going to find it in the East Coast. You don't find Shiner Bach in New York. I can tell you that firsthand because I was just there. Didn't see any Shiner over there. So, I mean, it's regional. So I guess that kind of puts it in the craft uh, craft realm. But believe it or not, I like um, Estrella Jalisco beer. Mm, that's a that's a really good sleeper right there, Steve. I do. They have it at the ballpark. I love the fact that you can get Estrella there. Uh, that That's what really roped me into Estrella firsthand. This is where you know I've been living in El Paso for a long time. 
I like Modelo Negro. I like Estrella. I like Bohemia. Um, you know, I don't drink a lot of Corona and Tecate, but I like some of the other beers from Mexico. Can and you I do know Indio? they're not really and I know those those are not craft beers. They've been around forever. It's kind of like just, you know, beers of Mexico. But um but they're good. They're really good. So yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Mexican beer. Can you do Indio? Are you a fan of Indio beer? I don't drink as much of that as I do the other stuff. Okay. Yeah. I don't. No, I understand. Um, I like Modelo Especial. I don't want to know what's in it. Um, I like Modelo Negro. I and, and I've and Bohemia. So Bohemia is probably the oldest beer I've been drinking because my dad used to drink that back in the uh, late seventies, early eighties. He would drink Bohemia, and I love the fact that it used to have the gold foil um, on the top. I always thought that was cool when he would uh, take off the lid and there was the gold foil that he would try to keep from going into his beer bottle. And I always thought that was fun, and they still do the exact same way now that they did before. So that was kind of a, that was kind of a nice part, too. So uh, for the weekend, for me, a little beer, some sports, some swimming, smoking uh, meat, and, um, and, and hopefully go to see a movie. Sounds like a perfect a summer weekend, Steve. So I'm, I'm glad that you're getting to do this, and then we'll reset everything next week. It was a weird week this week with the holiday. Reset everything next week and be back at it. I feel like every weekend in the summer is like that, don't you? But you know what the crazy thing is? Before long, you know what's going to happen? School. That's what's going to happen. And we're going to be, um, you know, the kids are going back to school, like, in in less than a month, which is this whole year-round thing, which is crazy to me. I mean, you don't get a vacation anymore. You get six weeks or, or eight weeks, and that's it. And before you know it, you're back. Just as simple as that. Yeah, I feel bad for the teachers, the students out there, because the the year, I don't know. I mean, I guess we'd have to have some input from listeners, but at least the, the input that I've gotten from people around me, year-round's hard because you only get that five weeks of summer or whatever it is, seven weeks, whatever it ends up being, and then you have, you get, I, I get it, you get the break in October and a little longer in, in the spring, but at, at the same point, I would want my summer. I want those two months. I know. I do, too. I do, too. I don't blame you. Um, it's the way it used to be. It's not like that anymore, that's for sure. Um, but so be it. You get a couple of weeks now in October before you get your December vacation. So they give you a few weeks in October. You get the two weeks now in March. So they've extended it in certain parts of the year, which you never would normally get. You know, usually you get one in March. Now you get two. You never had any in, eight in October. Now you get two. So I understand how it works. I do. They break it up, which is fine. Um, meanwhile, I'm excited about today's show because... Before we get to Hags and story time, we've got Tim Hardaway joining us on the phones. He's in El Paso. In fact, he was at uh, Children's Hospital a couple of hours ago meeting the kids. He's going to be honored at lunch tomorrow. Then he goes back home and... I love the fact whenever we get Tim Hardaway back here, I think that's a real treat for our listeners. We haven't had a chance to even congratulate him officially on this radio station no. for being elected into the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. And, uh, you know, having Tim Hardaway on, especially after the finals, he watched his Golden State won another title, hung another banner. Um, there's just going to be a lot to catch up with uh, for UTEP two-step here coming back on the show. I'm with you on that. A ton to catch up with. And I am so excited to have him on the show. So he'll be joining us about 10 minutes from now. Then story time a little bit later with Tim Haggerty. Um, any guesses? Will it be baseball? Will it involve UFOs? Will it involve murder um, or some kind of criminal activity? Uh, or will it just be some weird town that has a mystery attached to it? That's usually Those are usually the categories that Hags breaks down during our story time segment. I'm going to go with a uh, – I, was, I wasn't here for last week's. I'm going to go with uh, a sports theme this week. What happened last week? Was it a sports theme or was it uh, UFOs and something crazy? Last week he talked about – I'm trying to remember if this was last week. I think it was. Like a town that disappeared. Okay, okay. So You didn't get that one, did you? No, I don't think I got that one. Yeah. Well, I don't know. There's been a lot of towns that have disappeared with Tim Haggerty's uh, story times. That's true. That is true. But, no, he had uh, he always has good things to talk about with us. I'm excited about that. So, Hags from Sugarland uh, coming up uh, less than two hours from now, and then we'll get to our story time segment and get you into the weekend. Scary collision last night uh, between Yerickson Profar and C.J. Abrams in that Padres-Giants game in the fifth inning. Wrote about that today. Gave you three different videos. The full-speed video, 
Then you saw the video of of uh, the uh, slowdown replay. You also saw the video of Profar trying to get up and collapsing, which was the scariest of all three videos. And then him getting carted off uh, and uh, you know immobilized. And ultimately, you know, you, you wish Yerickson Profar uh, a speedy recovery. Uh, he's got a concussion. He's also got um, what looks like a cervical neck sprain, which is the real dangerous part. Um, and no, yeah, no corresponding move yet by uh, the Padres as to what they're going to do, at least as of now. That'll probably happen during the show. Uh, I speculated either uh, Brent Rooker, who probably makes the most sense. He's already been up twice last month. He's 27. He has big league experience. I mean, that would probably be the one I would put my money on. But you can't forget um, potentially um, about Esteori Ruiz because um, Esteori is having an amazing season. He's stolen 57 bases combined between double and triple A. He's batting like 330. He's got 14 home runs. He's got pop. He's got speed. I just wonder if the Padres would want to give him his first shot now or give him more seasoning like I speculated because he only has 25 games in triple A. Yeah, I feel like Rooker is probably the way that they could go here uh, once they make the formal announcement. Uh, just real quickly, yesterday's game between uh, the Padres and the Giants, just a great game all around. Uh, and that, that um, unfortunately, that collapse by Yerkson Profar, that was just kind of that dark cloud over it. After the game, you were just kind of wondering what's going to happen with him. Uh, you hear that he was released from the hospital late last night. Uh, he has 75 hits on the year, 20 doubles, a guy who also has, has gotten uh, 38 RBIs this year and batting 242. This is a guy who's just been reliable for, for the Padres this year and pretty solid and all and, around. And good defense. I mean, he has a 2.6 wins above replacement right now. That's second best on the team outside of Manny Machado. So he's better than Cronenworth. He's better than Hosmer, everybody else. He's got the second highest war. Um, and for a guy that struggled the uh, first couple of years in San Diego, Yurikson Profar was enjoying his best season as a Padre before this collision. So it's a really it's a tough break for him, and now it's a tough break for the Padres to see uh, if they shift Mazzara over from right to left, they could call up Rooker and put him in left field. Um, Ruiz is a right fielder, so you can, you can um, also find a way to – um, you know, keep Mazar in left, go Ruiz in right, or go Rooker um, in left and uh, Mazar in right. So I'm interested to see where they decide to go with this. But Padres will probably make a move uh, later this afternoon. I doubt they probably already made it. They just haven't made it official yet. Sure, that's exactly right. And, and hey, they're they're going to need some help this weekend. Uh, this is a this is a closely contended series that they're going up against right now with the Giants. Uh, and again, Yerkson Profar, best outfielder on the Padres right now by the defensive measures. Uh, you you look at Grisham to be kind of that person to anchor them while he's gone, uh, as he's probably their best defensive player in the outfielder uh, in the outfield right now. But yeah, this is going to be tough to lose Profar for the foreseeable future. Really is. All right, quarter pass. Good start to the show. We now know what we're doing on weekends. We also know uh, what we've got for you coming up on the program. Uh, but up next, after Charlie One in traffic, new Hall of Famer. I love saying that, too. Tim Hardaway, senior, will join us live. He's in El Paso. We'll find out what he's been up to right after uh, we get to our first traffic update with Charlie One. 20 past as we continue here on Sports Talk. Let's jump back out to the phones. I love this man. I love when he's in El Paso. And now I love the fact that we can finally congratulate him on getting into the uh, Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. He's been so busy, we haven't even had a chance to uh, formally make the announcement with him on the program. So, ladies and gentlemen, Hall of Famer uh, Tim Hardaway uh, joins us live uh, here on Sports Talk. Welcome back to town. And, uh, you know, even better than that, uh, welcome to the Hall. Long overdue, my friend. Hey, thank you very much, Steve. You know, hey, my, 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 my parents always say patience is a virtue. You know, you can't uh, rush anything. You got to take your time. You know, it's just like uh, me coming to UTEP. You know, I never, I didn't heavily recruited uh, coming out of high school. Uh, UTEP took a chance on me, and um, they believed in me, and I came out here and made the most of it. And now I'm Hall of Famer. So you know, um, patience is a virtue, and you just have to uh, control what you can control and not worry about anything what you can't control 
and um, always love coming back to El Paso. Uh, you know, this is where uh, the work really, really, really started here. The foundation was already set in Chicago, but it had to take it to another level. And Don has helped me and my teammates here at uh, UTEP help me take my basketball skills to another level to reach my goals and to be who I, I am today. I agree with you completely. And by the way, we had uh, Greg Foster on the show earlier in the week because Greg is now you know, in town. He's retired, although he hasn't closed the door on getting back into the NBA. Um, he, you know, We were reminiscing about Big Greg and how um, you, know, you guys teamed up for years at UTEP. And I, and I thought about this, and I said, you know, we've always talked about the whole Gary Payton story and what if he would have come to UTEP and shared the backcourt with you. Now, Greg thinks you would have won a national championship, but I also wonder, Tim, if you would have developed the same way if you had somebody like Payton in the backcourt court maybe yes maybe no we'll never know and obviously things happen for a reason so as far as i'm concerned now you're both in the hall of fame and uh, for good reason Steve, I'm gonna tell you this. i come from a background where they wouldn't let me uh, rest on my lord i come from a background where they push me push me push me each and every day so if gary payton was here we would have been pushing each other. Yes, we would have won a national championship here together. Um, you know, I, 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 I like to play with guys. I know how to play with guys. Uh, I know how to play against guys. So it wouldn't have bothered me. And, yes, we both probably would have been 1-2 coming out of college, going into the NBA as 1-2 uh, uh, draft picks. So, yeah, um, uh, I, I agree with Greg Foster because Greg Foster knows both of us. He played with both of us. He knows uh, our tenaciousness. He knows our, uh, how we go about going into playing games. He knows about our competitiveness. And, um, yes, I agree with Greg Foster. And Greg Foster, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that he was a hell of a basketball player uh, coming out of high school and coming out of UTEP. I had a great basketball career, and he's a great coach. Um, I hope he gets picked up next year as an assistant coach somewhere in the NBA or as a head coach somewhere in the um, college ranks because he knows what he's doing, knows what he's talking about. He knows how to draw up X's and O's. He's been around the game for a long time. So I wish him well. And I hope he gets um, a head coaching job somewhere or back in the NBA as an assistant. So – they always say that you can't change history. It'll throw off everything, and, and you don't want to do that because it really risks damaging the future. But if I ever get the opportunity to go back in time to 1986, I will personally make sure that when I arrive at UTEP in the uh, summer of 86, I convinced Don Haskins to get to get uh, Gary Payton on board with you and with the Miners, and I will say, don't wait for the whole thing with uh, you know St. John's. Don't worry about it. If he comes back and he's asking for a scholarship, keep that scholarship open. It will change the course of history again at UTEP. So as long as I've got your permission, if I ever do go back in time in the next 20, 30 years, uh, I will make sure that I change uh, history and I, and I bring Gary Payton to UTEP. And I tell you this, we would have been the best backcourt in basketball history in college. No question about that. I believe it. I do believe it. We've got uh, Hall of Famer Tim Hardaway with us uh, here on Sports Talk as we continue. Now, you're back in town as part of a uh, special Icon to Icon event that's happening right now, or Icon to Icon, I should say, in which uh, you've teamed up with uh, many different uh, legends, uh, Aaron Jones, uh, Oscar Leeser, our mayor, and others. You had a visit today uh, to El Paso Children's Hospital. Tell me a little bit about how that went for you, Tim. Man, that was beautiful. It was a great experience. You know, I tell uh, people today, if you have a problem with your, with your kids and your kids want to act up, take them to a uh, children's hospital, and wherever you at, whatever city you at, take them to a children's hospital and show them what the struggles are, for real, what the struggles are, what parents are going through, what the kids are going through each and every day, through their whole life at times, you know, so... Um, um, it's, it was a great day of visiting the El Paso Children's Hospital, uh, being there, 
um, just putting a smile not only on the uh, parents' face but on the kids' face because they need that. And, you know, we, they need to understand that we, we're praying for them and making sure that um, um, that they know that we, we want them to exceed this and beat this, whatever they whatever they going through, whatever they, you know, uh, terminals are. You know, we, we want them to stay strong, be strong, act strong, and, and know that they're going to beat it. Because when you when you act strong and be strong and feel strong and go through it and say, I'm going to beat this, you can beat anything. You can beat anything. But you got to have confidence. you got to really do believe. And it's a lot of prayer involved also. So, yeah, uh, it was great things. I had a great time. We visited over probably about 50 kids and um, gave out, uh, uh, you know, all type of uh, – presents or not presents but gifts to them uh and uh, it, it, the mayor was there it was just it was just big and then for, for the for the for the uh i forget the young lady's name her to uh, put this all together and um uh, do everything it was great and she did a great she did a fabulous job she did a wonderful job and uh kudos to her for bringing us all together for a great cause and and, and, and to make um uh, these people, uh, these families feel uh, feel good about themselves. That's awesome. I saw the gifts, by the way. iPads, Beats pills, yeah, and other oh, yeah. toys. Oh, yeah. That's oh yeah, oh yeah, oh. oh yeah. It was it was great, man. I I, I wanted to take one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God, I love it. We're talking to Tim Hardaway uh, here on Sports Talk as we continue. Uh, The platform was co-founded by John Hartsfield, who was an El Paso native, uh, now lives uh, a little bit outside the area, but he uh, founded the Icon to ICANN, and also you've got uh, combining that with the A&A All the Way Foundation, Lil J, Music Beats Hearts, Tim Hardaway in town as well. Just a lot of good things happening here with El Paso Children's Hospital. And then, if that's not a enough you're going to be honored uh, tomorrow at a special luncheon yeah 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 i'll be honored tomorrow at a special luncheon uh you know the mayor's gonna present me with the key to the city and uh you know uh I, man i'm gonna tell you this el paso is so genuine i keep telling people this is a well-kept secret uh el paso uh, i love coming back here when people come here and talk about and, and be around the people here in El Paso. They just genuine. They care. They respectful. They talk to you. Hello, sir. How you doing, ma'am? Stuff like that. I mean, and it, and it just and it brings out the respect in you to talk to them in a respectful way and to, and to understand. You know, this is a culture here. So I love coming back, and I love my time when I was here because they talked so much about life and so much how to uh, uh, be genuine and so much how to be respectful, and so much how to be just down-to-earth person. And that's why I love being in El Paso and coming back to El Paso to just just, just get back to being genuine again because you're being in a hustle and bustle in New York, Chicago, Detroit, uh, Miami, wherever you at. And if you come down here so laid back, people will put you in that mind frame of just saying, hey, you know, it's going to be all right. Everything is going to be okay. The only thing that I do is be yourself. And that's what they thought. They don't care who you are here. They don't care who you are here. Just be yourself and be normal. That's the way they're going to treat you. Bottom of the hour with Tim Hardaway as we continue here on Sports Talk. He's in El Paso, as we mentioned, um, and, and going to be honored tomorrow at the luncheon. Gets the key to the city. That's really cool. I'm excited for you about that. I know that's something you're excited about as well. Since you got the call that you were going into the hall, has it kind of been a whirlwind for you, especially with Golden State winning the championship, you doing a lot of work back there, and ultimately just traveling all over the place the last couple of months, Tim? Man, it's been crazy. It's been absolutely crazy. Um, I wouldn't change it for the world. Uh, when I got that phone call, um, the guy, he said, you know what, Tim, I've been calling you for the last five times or the five years with some bad news. I finally got some good news for you. And he said, I want to welcome you into the 2022 Hall of Fame. And you know that? I just started crying, you know. I've been waiting a long time, you know, but it's not for me. It's for my my parents and what all they put into me. It's for my coaches. 
what they put into me. It's from my family, my relatives, the people in Chicago that put instill in me no fear. Go out there and be confident. Play the way you know, know how to play. Fearless. Everybody has been doubting you. Now it's all all reality. I'm going to be in Hall of Fame, and it's because of them. You know, I just did the work, but it was them that stayed on me, kept keep me humble, and made sure I was uh, just go out there and play and have confidence the way I know how to play. So, yeah, uh, uh, it's for them. It's not for me, man. It's for them, and I'm so happy that um, I'm finally in. The only one I'm missing now is my my agent, Henry Thomas, who passed away about four or five years ago, so that that's kind of hurt. But, uh, but other than that, you know, everybody else is going to be there that I love and that, that had a tribute to me making it. You know, the uh, enshrinement ceremony is going to be Saturday, September the 10th, out there at Springfield, Massachusetts. I really wonder, uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all, Tim, if you've got uh, some El Pasoans that are going to make the trip up there to be with you for that. Well, I do. I do. I do. And a uh, long time. I don't know if anybody know Joe Gomez. Joe Gomez said every year, he was like, yo, when you make it, I'm going to be there. He, every year he said that. He called at least twice a year. Yo, I'm telling you, I'm just calling you. When you make it, I'm going to be there. Every year he hit me and said, look, you're going to make it this time. You're going to make it this time. Have faith. Have confidence. When I didn't make it, I called him. He's like, that's all right. It's going to be next year, but it's going to happen. I'm going to be there. Joe is going to be there for sure. You know, Russ Bradford is going to be there for sure. You know, uh, I think Steve Yellen is going to be there for sure. So, you know, I got some people that's going to be there from El Paso, and I appreciate it. And I'm going to have one uh, alums there, uh, Nate Archibald, as my presenter. Oh, wow. That's going to be awesome. That is going to be absolutely terrific. I'm excited about that. And uh, you had a chance to get to know Nate when you were in college at UTEP. No question. No question. That's why he's going to be there, because I had a chance to know him for at least three years, and we talked a lot, and he taught me a lot. And he, uh, you know, we just, when we still stay in touch with one another, too. That's fantastic. Love to hear that. Love that kind of news. I think it's going to be fun for you. So how are you going to spend the rest of your summer? When you get out of El Paso, what are the plans, at least for the next couple of months, before you get ready for uh, induction ceremony uh, here in September? Tim, are you still there? We might have just lost him. Uh, as we were getting ready to to wrap this conversation up. And by the way, I'm just going to tell you, folks, Tim Hardaway, without a doubt, one of the greatest, most entertaining people you will ever talk to. And there's no there, now you understand why he won our fan vote for the um, greatest minor basketball player ever. You, you just do. I mean, you, you hear him talk and, and, and answer all these questions. It's uh, it's it's phenomenal and, uh, you know, well-deserved when you start to realize it. By the way. I think he might have lost, like, maybe his phone went out. Yeah, that's what it sounds like, Steve. I just called him. It went straight to voicemail right okay. now. So I think we got Tim right up until his phone died, which uh, I'll, I'll take. That, 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 we'll get a little credit for that. That's phenomenal. All right, listen, our thanks again to former miner Tim Hardaway in town uh, this weekend um, and uh, talking a little bit about why he's in El Paso for a great cause, that's for sure. Uh, 35 pass. Let's get to SportsCenter. Adrian's back with this update. I have 47 passed as we continue here on Sports Talk. You want in? We'd love to hear from you. 505-6009, our telephone number. 505-6009. Get you right on in and through to the program. About an hour from now, Tim Haggerty is going to join us on Story Time before we get you ready for the uh, Chihuahuas and the Sugarland uh, Space Cowboys. Used to be the Skeeters, now they're the Space Cowboys. Be honest with you, I'll take Space Cowboys over Skeeters any day, any day of the week. Yeah, Constellation Field, the way they've uh, changed it out out there. Yeah, I'll take Space Cowboys any day. I'm with you on that one. So, completely with you. Uh, meanwhile, Adrian, some other news uh, making headlines today as we wind up our first of two on the show. Um, let's talk a little uh, NBA, because I think that's kind of an interesting storyline. Number one, Damian Lillard and the Blazers agree on a two-year extension 
Max money. Um, you got to figure, you know, when you make $61 million a year over two years, $122 million over just two years. It's, it's crazy to think about that. So now he is locked up through the 25-26 season with a player option for the 26-27 season. Lillard now becomes one of the highest total earners in NBA history with an estimated $451 million in career earnings per Sham Sharania. And by the way, how about the fact he's made all that money in Portland, Oregon? That, that's a great sto- uh, lesson itself, you know? Yes, and I think that for Damian Lillard, the uh, I, I guess the the it's there's nothing enticing about him going off and building uh, and being a part of a super team with Damian Lillard. He's satisfied being the guy over in Portland. He wants things catered to him out there in Portland, and they've done so. They've they've uh, adhered to all his requests. They pretty much have bu- tried to build a team around him year after year. And this year, they gutted their entire roster, and they've built it with you know a trade like they had with Jeremy Grant. They they got him from. Detroit. They got Shaden Sharp from uh, Kentucky uh, out of the draft in the number seven overall pick. They will adhere to all the requests that Damian Lillard has uh, in Portland because they like him. They want him to be their franchise star for years to come, and they don't want him to move away and, and be the next disgruntled star. I'm with you on that one, 100%. And, um, you know, you understand the the philosophy. However, look at the money. I mean, this year he's making $42.5 million. Next year, he's making $45.6 million. Then he's making $48.8 million in the 24-25 season. That's his current contract. On top of that, he's going to get $58.5 million in 25-26 and $63.3 million in 26-27. And then he's got a player option. So here's the other interesting thing, all right? And this is kind of the, uh, the storyline behind this. So... If let's say he wants to get out of Portland, who in their right mind is going to be able to not only trade the enough assets for that salary wise, but then be afford to absorb this? It's almost as if he knows he's not leaving Portland, so he's just going to take the most money he could possibly get while he's a Blazer. Yeah, this is kind of a landlock type of uh, extension that the that the Portland Trailblazers had with Damian Lillard, and he was probably the one who pushed for this. He was the one who probably wanted to be there for the foreseeable future. And although he's flirted with the ideas of playing with other stars in the league he's not ready to jump ship he's not ready to join LeBron James join Kevin Durant any of that kind of stuff join Giannis any of that he's all about doing it in Portland the team that you know took a shot on him and for Damian Lillard he's 31 years old he's coming off that really tough ab injury that he dealt with this past year didn't have a good outing in the Olympics if you remember right last summer and then before that he was the absolute sharpshooter, lethal backcourt player that you want in the league. So if he could get back to that form in the in the next couple years, then sure. I mean, Portland could try to make a run in the postseason. Do I think they're a finals contender in the next couple years? No, I don't. I'm with you on that one. I don't either. I don't think they're close to a finals contender. They don't have enough of a supporting cast. Not with the rest of the West, uh, the way they are, how stacked they are. Meanwhile, he'll be under contract until he's 20, 36 years old. So really... You know, he's going to make his money over the next five years, but I'm with you. Could I see him making it to the second round of the NBA playoffs? Yeah, sure, but I don't necessarily see them ever going to the Western Conference Finals or an NBA Finals in the next five years. No way. No, I don't. And I and more more with just that. The interesting part about Portland right now is they are going through what could be a sell with the Allen Trust family, and they could be going off and selling the Portland Trailblazers for billions. And one of the suitors is Nike owner and founder Phil Knight, who's uh, reportedly very interested in buying the Portland Trailblazers away from the Allen family. Now, if Phil Knight gets slotted into this, maybe in the next three years, like let, let's be realistic about this timetable. Maybe Maybe there is something down the line between Damian Lillard and a new ownership group that could take over with Portland that could make him more of a, a focal point, more of a front office representative, kind of like Dwayne Wade is experiencing out in Utah. So I would keep an eye on that one right there. Meanwhile, I got to give James Harden a lot of credit. Takes a $15 million cut to stay with the Sixers. 
allows them also to get better, which is the most important thing. You look at what they did. They signed P.J. Tucker to the non-taxpayer mid-level exception, and then they also got a house for the biannual exception. So you know what? What Harden did in in Philly is really pretty commendable considering he wanted to stay, he wants to win, and he realized by taking less money, he'll have a much better team around him to give him that shot. And now Philly is primed to go off and try to trade for one more piece to this team. And I I don't think this team necessarily needs another piece, but they've quietly assembled some nice pieces over the offseason, like you mentioned. Another one that I really like who's really helping them out, this this might come off as a little comical, but Trevlin Queen from NMSU, he's starred for them in their G League. He might have a chance to break their roster and be a rotational piece for them. So I like the pieces that Philly is adding uh, to try to build assets, and I still think they have one more trade to make before the season starts. Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, Joel Embiid, now you got Tucker, House, and Harden. That's a really good lineup. I mean, to me, it's right now, no offense to Boston and Milwaukee, but I to uh, Milwaukee, I should say, and um, and Brooklyn or anybody else out there, but to me, it's really Philly and Boston right now. That seems to be the the way it's going to shape up for our next season. Sure, it could be. And with with a team with somebody like Harden right there, he's got a lot of relationships with players across the league. So again, I would not be surprised if they continue to add more pieces to the Harden and Bead mix. We'll come back final hour next. Stay with us. Sports talk continues here on six hundred ESPN El Paso. Boy, that Vince McMahon story is disturbing, isn't it? Gets more disturbing by the minute. Wall Street Journal keeps breaking all these, and uh, man, first it was one person, now it's four different ladies, and whew, it's getting worse. Getting worse for Vinnie Mac. What a crossroads the WWE is in right now. I mean, it's not just this story, but everything that's going on with them, um, from what I'm hearing, it just seems like a, a lot of murkiness with uh, the WWE, and yeah, this story is not good at all. No, it's not. It's not. And uh, by the way, SmackDown starts in an hour. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. There you go. Um, I'm sure he's probably going to come out and act like nothing ever happened. But anyway, uh, I digress. Along with Adrian Broaddus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Uh, We've got one hour to go, folks. 505-6009, that is our telephone number as we continue here on the show. Possible rain tonight. It's like rain every day. That's that's just the reality of the situation. The rain clouds roll in, and next thing you know, you just got to brace yourself and uh, prepare for a monsoon season here in El Paso. Yeah, last night got a lot of rain. Um, I feel like every night you just have to be on rain alert here in El Paso. The daytime, it's hot, it's sunny. Now it's a little humid because of the rain. Uh, And then in the evenings, it's usually thunderstorms scattered all across town. And maybe if you're lucky, you get some rain. Well, you know what that means, right? That means that uh, come September when the um, the Chihuahuas are playing and so are the Miners, you'll get those giant black beetles that are going to be kamikazeing themselves out there from uh, from the top of the of of the uh, Sun Bowl Stadium all the way down. Those are so, scary. Those yes. when they fly in your face or fly around yes. you, they don't do anything to you, Steve. Like no, I don't think they bite bad. you or anything. But they're just scary when they fly right in front of you. They dive bomb on you. They basically don't care. They're fearless. They don't have any uh, problem. They don't care about getting squashed or uh, or, or anything else. They'll just come out and try to uh, land on you. That's pretty much it. That's what they do. Yeah, so. they're very fearless. They're very fearless. Anyway, yes, it's uh, it's it's the truth. And uh, look, that's that's part of the ramifications of of the rain that we get. So. And um, anyway, um, all right. And by the way, my apologies. I should not say the word uh, kamikaze. That is bad choice of grammar. I should just say dive bombing down. And uh, my apologies to anybody I might have offended with that uh, description of the uh, Beatles that will be coming in a couple of months to El Paso. All right. Uh, as we continue here on the show, uh, again, 505-6009. Tim Hardaway joined us earlier in the program. Excited about having the Hall of Famer back in town. Uh, looking forward to uh, Tim getting the key to the city tomorrow from the mayor, Oscar Lisa. I think that's great in itself. Uh, meanwhile, the All-Star weekend is about, a, is about 10 days away right now. We've got a home run derby coming up a week from Monday out there at Dodger Stadium. Um, And then, and I believe, by the way, not confirmed, but the rumor is that um, 
Kurt Gross of Powerball Bats could be back at Dodger Stadium next week doing one last dry run before the Derby uh, gets going and the All-Star game uh, next week, or a week from a week from Monday and Tuesday. Wow. So he's going to be there before all the All-Stars get a chance to be there. Yes. It, man, that is so cool that he is getting that uh, set, the uh, additional opportunity to head out there to Dodger Stadium and, and be out there. I think it's really cool, too. And, uh, you know, he's already been there once. I wrote about it in El Paso Inc., and now he's going to get a chance to go back out there and do it again. How great is that? And it was so cool. I mean, that's that's literally once in a lifetime kind of opportunity. And he's getting to do it multiple times. So yeah, I'm envious of Kurt, but uh, but I'm happy that a, a local product will get a chance to go out there uh, for for Dodger Stadium and, and check out all the festivities and uh, before everybody gets there, Steve. You know what it tells me? It tells me that uh, they were so happy with him the first time they want him back. That's really cool. Hey, Powerball knows their stuff, so I, I, I'm not surprised right there. They do know their stuff, and you're 100% right about that. So I think that's the, that is the that is one of the coolest things out there. I think it's also really cool that um, they get a chance to um, experience what you know the Home Run Derby is like from just the angle of throwing batting practice, getting balls that, that are blasted into the stratosphere and launch angles and, uh, and exit velocity and everything else they're going to be measuring when the best home run hitters in baseball do it uh, a week later. That's so cool to be around that kind of technology and just see all that, that goes into this and how intricate it is to be a part of these kinds of things. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy for Kurt uh, heading out there. Hey, Steve, uh, speaking of all-star game, who should be the all-star game starting pitchers? Are we talk about uh, both the AL and NL yeah. right now? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. That is uh, that is tough. I, you know, if you just base it on stats alone, and sometimes you can't base it on stats. You have to do other things. Um, the hardest part right now, to me, is that you can make the case for Justin Verlander having an unbelievable comeback season with the Houston Astros. He has been phenomenal. Um, but I'll tell you somebody else who's been great, and that's uh, Shane McClanahan from Tampa Bay. He has an ERA under two, and he's got nine wins, and he strikes out a ton of guys. He's 25 years old, so it's like, do you go with McClanahan, who is having a, a, a career season and could be blossoming into one of the best pitchers in the game, or do you go with a future Hall of Famer who is his first season back from Tommy John surgery and he's been awesome. Verlander this season, 11-3, and an ERA of two, and uh, he's got 98 strikeouts. He's been great. But McClanahan's probably been better than him. What about those who say you need more names in the starting pitching? Maybe it's like a Shohei Otani, Clayton Kershaw type of thing. Well, it doesn't get any bigger in the American League than Justin Verlander. Let's be honest. True, true. If you want names, Verlander is going to Cooperstown. So, to me, if you ask for a guy that's a future Hall of Famer who's, what is he, 37 years old this year? Or is he 39? He's 39. Man. A 39-year-old who's 11-3 and with a 2.0 ERA. You can't, make the, you can't argue against Verlander. You really can't. Just like, um, you know, you could, you could make the argument. Now, the only question is the, the National League is tougher, okay? Now, the National League... You've got Tony Gonsolin of the Dodgers. He's 28 years old. He's 11 and 0 with a 162 ERA. How do you say no to that? He's not Clayton Kershaw name-wise, but he's having the one of the great starts first half starts in baseball history. How do you say no to 11 and 0 and a 162 ERA? Yeah, it's hard to say no to that. Sandy Alcantara is another guy who's who's put together a, a tremendous season with the Marlins, a 182 ERA. So he's he's up there as well. And I but, like Max Fried. Yeah. Max Max Fried's got uh, he's got a one he's he's got a nine and two record with a two five two ERA. Yeah, some really really tough options right there for the for uh, the uh, NL and what their starting pitcher could be. Now, how crazy is that if uh, Gonsolin ends up being the starting pitcher and he might not be their best uh, pitcher on that team? You know, it's it's Kershaw who's statistic or he's year after year the the best pitcher on the Dodgers. Yeah, but Kershaw this year has been battling injuries and he has the last few years. So I think that everybody knows that Gonsolin's been the ace of the staff this year. Remember, Bueller got hurt and he's been out the last couple months. So it really makes sense if you go – I think if you go Gonsolin and Verlander, you're not going to get an argument from me. But 
if you want to go uh, McClanahan or even Alcantara, again, they're, they're all pitching great. They're all off to terrific starts this year. So there's nothing to you that, that entices you about an all-L.A. starting pitching lineup in L.A., Otani versus Kershaw kind of deal, or Otani versus Gonsolin. The hardest part about that, okay, is that if you look at Otani so far on the mound, there are times he is the most dominant uh, starting pitcher in the game. And there's other times. Also biggest star right now in baseball. Wouldn't he is. You- I would agree with that. And you look at his numbers, 8-4, and four, 2.44 ERA, uh, 111 strikeouts. That's pretty great right there, strikeout-wise. He's been really, really good. Uh, Shohei Otani has been really good. And you're right. If you want to make it L.A. versus L.A., you would have Gonsolin versus Otani. But the problem is, you know, again, that is a L.A. regional biased rotation, a starting rotation, but... Gonsolin doesn't have the star power that Shohei does, but nobody in the National League right now really has the star power that Verlander or Shohei does. I mean, you could say um, you could say Max Fried, you could say um, Alcantara, you could say Gonsolin. They're all great pitchers having great seasons. They're just not household names like some of the others we mentioned are, are right now. Yeah, I feel like, you know, with uh, Major League Baseball continuing to try to uh, brand their biggest stars in the game, having Otani in as a starting pitcher would do a lot in that argument right there. I get it. Verlander doing what he's doing right now at the age of 39, headed to Cooperstown, one of the best to ever do it for the Astros and and just in baseball in general. I mean, he's he's a no-brainer for me as far as somebody who should be in the mix. Otani's a tough one, too. I, I think it's, it's going to be interesting who they end up with, and it might not be either of those two guys right there no you're right you're absolutely right and by the way if you're wondering who's leading in wins above replacement that's another great stat that means that you know you're essentially good for this many more wins in a replacement level player Alcantara and Freed are the two best pitchers in the game right now 4.8 and 4.3 war for those two and then you've got Gonsolin at 3.6 and the first American League pitcher is McClanahan at 3.2 Verlander is a 2.5 war. So, um, you know, you want to make the argument there, you could easily go Alcantara because he's been so dominant this season. Man, that's that's a real interesting one to look at in, in terms of wins above replacement. I, I just had one more stat from Shohei Otani. 40-plus strikeouts and zero earned runs in the last four starts. Yeah, I know it. The thing is this. Otani has pitched an average of about six innings a start, okay? He, um, you know, he's been good, but you think about this. Um, For Otani, 14 starts, 81 innings. Alcantara, 17 starts, 123 innings pitched. Wow, wow, that just shows you. you he's He's been really good. So, and that's the thing too, is that nobody in the American League has really thrown a lot of innings. All the big innings guys are National League guys. In fact, when you go down the list, the pitcher that's thrown the most innings so far in the American League is Robbie Ray. But Robbie Ray is seven and six. Verlander, though, is right behind him. So I could see the argument. You know, Verlander has thrown 103 innings and 16 starts. 12 of those are quality starts. Those are really good numbers. Really good numbers for Justin Verlander. And you know who's right behind him? It's Framber Valdez. That's how good the Houston rotation is. They're right next to each other this year. They've both been so dominant. Oh, my goodness. And, yeah, it's interesting. The, the fact that you don't really do see – you don't see AL starting pitchers pitch a ton of innings. They're, they're out by the sixth inning maybe, sometimes even earlier, uh, as you see on a day-to-day basis. Just kind of interesting how the baseball philosophy has really changed with the starting pitcher, and they're pitching way less innings than before. I'm with you on that one. Totally with you. All right. Uh, again, good subject, uh, Adrian, picking that up today on the uh, starting pitchers for the All-Star Game, 505-6009, if you want to chime in on the program as we get going here on a Friday. Um, and and have about now just 45 minutes left to go before Tim Haggerty joins us uh, on our final countdown at story time, which uh, I'm, I'm excited about. And by the way, as of now, still have not seen uh, the Padres make a move yet in terms of where they're going to go in their um, 
in, in their replacement for uh, Yurikson Profar. So uh, kind of waiting to see if, in fact, uh, Rooker gets the call. Although, uh, if we look at the Chihuahuas lineup for tonight, that is also really interesting because tonight's lineup has Ruiz, but no Rooker. So it kind of makes you wonder, did Brent Rooker get the call up to San Diego? Yeah, he probably did. If we don't see him in the lineup, that's probably your reason why, uh, as, as to why he's not in there. And yeah, I'm curious to know what's going to happen. Maybe Azucar is somebody that they put in as an immediate replacement, and Brooker, uh, Rooker comes in as soon as tomorrow uh, and, and joins the squad right away. Well, I, that is also going to be interesting. So Jeff Sanders just reported, uh, who covers, by the way, the Padres for the San Diego Union Tribune. In uh, San Diego tonight, for those of you uh, interested in, in uh, you know their game tonight, Padres are in fact uh, playing at home against the Giants, and according to Jeff Sanders, Brent Rooker has a locker in San Diego. There you go, his third call up. So that is your uh, you know your situation. And by the way, I really thought Ruiz could have been the replacement, but. When you're 23 years old, you've only played 25 innings in AAA. It is so difficult to be thrust into your first ever call-up in this spot right before the All-Star break um, for a team that is very much trying to catch the Dodgers. You almost give Rooker the advantage because he's four years older, has big league experience with the Twins, and you know he can get in there, play – Right field, you could give, um, or left field, actually. You could keep uh, Mazzara in right, and you're all set and good to go. Yeah, if this was a team like the Reds or the the Pirates, I'd maybe understand if uh, they gave they gave Ruiz the opportunity. But they're going up against the Giants in this series. They they got to get as many wins against the Giants as they can. And uh, the Padres right now being second in the NL West, they want to preserve that that spot right there. Yep, absolutely right. So he's been good though. Rooker's been good with the Chihuahuas. You can't really argue that. But man, Padres fans are going crazy. Like they want to see um, Ruiz up so badly right now, so badly. Yeah, Astur- Asturi Ruiz. Uh, maybe after the All Star break, maybe he, he, he gets in uh, at some other series. But this is just a tough one to be thrust into. 18 past. Good to have you with us here on Sports Talk as we continue. Come back with plenty more right after Charlie One, who's got a traffic update. Welcome back, everybody, as we continue. 523, now the time, here on Sports Talk. Our telephone number, 505-6009, gets you through to the show. So, it looks like uh, Brenton Rooker is the man. He's on the 40-man roster, already has been up twice. Here's a really cool thing for Chihuahuas fans. You know, they're back in town next Tuesday. Will Myers could start a rehab assignment after the weekend. So we could see Will Myers with the Chihuahuas and Robinson Cano next week. How cool is that? Man, that's really, really awesome. And if that happens, you're getting two household names here in the 915 playing for the Chihuahuas. What more could you ask for right there as a baseball fan? Uh, I, I would be really thrilled if Will Myers had a chance to come through El Paso for his uh, MLB rehab assignment. And the fact that they're here next week, I mean, just perfect timing. Absolutely. And as far as Yerickson Profar goes, he's going on the seven-day concussion IL. Bob Melvin said nothing is broken and, quote, we caught a break. So already they're reporting that Brent Rooker is on his way from El Paso to join the Padres in San Diego. Wow. Okay. Well, that that's really interesting stuff right there for Brent Rooker. He's somebody who, uh, you know, like you mentioned, Steve has experience in the majors, and hey, uh, he'll get his opportunity with the Padres now that uh, unfo- unfortunately Profar is out with that uh, ugly, ugly, um, you know, collapse that happened yesterday. Oh yeah, it was awful. Anyway, and uh, we'll see. You know, that's that's just the way it goes, and. Um, you know, uh, luckily he's okay. Could have been so much worse. I mean, really, when I watched the video of him collapsing after he started walking, it it scared me. And by the way, don't think for a moment that the Padres' medical teams weren't afraid of that. They might have really screwed up. Could you realize that if something catastrophic happened to Yurikson Profar 
and they put him in a spot to walk off the field and, God forbid, something terrible would have happened, oh, my God, you can't even imagine what would have happened to the Padres' medical staff uh, letting that uh, take place. So they, they were smart to finally make sure they didn't make any of the same mistake twice and uh, they carted him off. Yeah, that's really scary stuff. And the way that the two, I guess, uh, staff members were walking alongside him, it wasn't like they were giving him support or anything, like helping him walk. They were just kind of walking alongside him when you watch the replay. So, yeah, it, it's kind of scary to know that he just collapses right near, you know, right by the second the second place uh, you know, baseline. So it was kind of really weird, Steve, to see him just collapse. It's scary for a lot of Padres fans. Uh, no doubt about it. You've been watching a lot of NBA Summer League basketball so far, Adrian? Yeah, admittedly so. Steve uh yeah you know I try not to watch this because it's really pointless it's bad basketball but I somehow wrote myself in it's like watching spring training baseball (laughs) what's the difference I mean I watch a lot of spring training baseball and they're guys that are either inflated stats or they're minor leaguers doing well that are going to be in the minor leagues but getting a chance same thing when you watch the summer league I mean you're not watching the stars play you're watching the kids play that's what it's all about yeah and it's in Vegas it looks like a high school gym there's like people walking back and forth it's it's very loose the broadcasters are kind of funny so yeah I watch it I admittedly so there are a lot of uh, there are now uh, several players who we have ties with locally uh, just knowing who they they've gone up against or uh you know playing with the miners or the aggies yep absolutely absolutely so that's um you know that's the situation right now ken kenneth lofton jr has been amazing for the grizzlies he has been on fire is the best way to put him and are you surprised that Kenneth uh, Lofton Jr. is playing so well and putting himself in a position where he could ultimately uh, make the Grizzlies roster and, and, and be a nice NBA player? Yeah, this is it. this is awesome. I, I thought that – actually, I thought it would take a lot longer for Kenneth Lofton to have success in this league because I didn't think his body was built for this NBA league. I, I didn't think that he could you know, transition his game that he had in, uh, La, at La Tech to the pros. But he's proven that he can score beyond the arc, which is something we didn't see too much out of him in college. He's proving that he can go up against the best of the best like he did against Chet Holmgren. Uh, and now, I, I feel like Kenneth Lofton Jr., instead of being a guy who can maybe star for the Grizzlies G League team, he might be, you know, he might have a chance to actually play on Memphis itself and crack their rotation. Yeah, it's true. That is really, really true. So, um, you know, when you look at his body, and how dominant he was in Conference USA, and really in any in all of college basketball. I mean, listen, he, he Kenneth Lofton just had this body that uh, I'm so interested to see how that body performs at the NBA level. Like I'm, I'm fascinated by that because guys are so different at that level. Um, it makes you wonder: Will they be able to uh, get it done? And will they be able to neutralize Lofton? What do you think? He's going to be having a bang with guys that are bigger than him, maybe not the same girth, but are taller than him, and they're put together. Do you believe Lofton's game will be able to translate at the NBA level if he can make the Grizzlies? Yeah, now that I see it, I actually believe it. I think that he could play a small ball four. Uh, he's six foot seven. He's an undersized four. Uh, maybe they could make him an undersized five if they really want. But I actually do think now that I've seen him go up against these guys in summer league, I don't want to overvalue him and what we've seen so far. I mean, hey, it's summer league, right? It's it's rookies and it's guys who really can't crack uh, most NBA rosters. Yeah. So that's the reason why they're playing in this league but I still think that Lofton proves that he has that outside shooting game he can go drive against the bigger men in this league and defensively he can hang with guys so I'm not worried about Kenneth Lofton Jr. translating this his game out into this league I'm a little worried about his size at Mm. six foot seven yeah well you know Barkley had no issue with that well and again they're different players different bodies but you just talk about his game and he plays bigger than that and ultimately, what do you think he's going to is he going to go up against six nine six ten guys? And if he does, will he be able to use his body? 
the way he was able to do in college. That's the most fascinating part. Yeah, I think he can. I he, like if you're asking me if he can guard Kevin Durant, who's six foot ten, no. And if you're asking me that he if he could guard Jaron Jackson Jr., who's on the Grizzlies, maybe. I actually think that he can go up against your uh, uh, second tier, your third tier type of bigs. He can go up and, and body them down low, and then defensively, he's just got to try to hang his hang him his own and, and just be tough down low. I, I like the comparison to Charles Barkley. Maybe it's kind of like a Draymond Green as well as far as his role in this league. But, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to what we're going to see from Kenneth Lofton Jr. And same with Bryson Williams, who's uh, now with the Miami G League team. Maybe not doing what uh, what right now Lofton's doing, but still getting a chance to score in his opportunities. Yeah, and Bryson Williams, he's diving for loose balls. He's impressing scouts left and right. So uh, I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far from Bryson Williams. Hey, if he has a chance to even crack their G League team, we know that Miami loves to promote G League guys yep. and actually throw them into the mix so I, I would I would definitely bet on the the long haul for uh, Bryson Williams as long as he can make that team 31 passed as we continue here on sports talk uh, let's get right back to it Adrian one last sports center update as we continue Adrian, thank you very much. We continue here on Sports Talk. Let's go to uh, Richard from uh, east side of El Paso. Uh, Richard, welcome. Go Gators. How are you, man? Hey, I'm doing good, Steve. Awesome. Yeah, I heard you guys mention uh, Showtime playing in the All-Star game. That's my new favorite player in case you haven't keyed on that. Oh, you like Shohei Otani? Hell yeah. He's good. Dude. Guy he's does it pitching. all. The guy's pitching. He's like, what, 6'4", throwing that throwing the fireballs and yep. hitting home runs. You know, first player to do that. What was the last year? First player to lead leading home runs and, you know, a starting pitcher in the rotation since Babe Ruth. Right? Wasn't that last year? That's correct. That's, there haven't been you many know? that can do it, and definitely nobody that can do it like uh, like Otani has along the Babe's level. That's that's 100% right. So he's he's a lot of fun to watch. Look, the guy hits moonshots, and then he can get on the mound and do what he does. It's it's such a yeah. rarity to see guys do that, especially uh, you know come from Japan and make that successful transition to Major League Baseball and dominate the same way. Well, you you know when he was in high school, he was recruited by like no less than seven MLB teams. I believe it. They all knew, and, they and saw he it. he chose he chose to stick with a a local uh, Japanese team that promised that hey, once everybody sees that you can pitch and hit, then then you'll be able to do both when you hit the majors. Somebody talked some sense into the kid instead of because you know when you hit the majors. You're either a pitcher or, or or you're not a pitcher. They're not gonna let you play both like what he does. True. True. You know, and it's they call it the Shohei rule or whatever. You know, that, I think that was a self imposed rule. And now, you know, they have they have a real show showtime rule where uh pitchers like if he if he gets pulled from a uh like a pitching gig, let's say you know he makes it to the fifth inning or whatever, and then the coach pulls him out. He, you know, before you couldn't go in as a designated hitter, but because he's such a uh, a star attraction, they changed the rule. They call it the Shohei rule. Did you know that? No, I didn't, but I like that rule. It's a it's a good rule. I like the fact yeah. that baseball changed the rule over him. There you go. Yeah, because I mean, people people pay money to go see the guy. And and he performs, you know. It's not it's not like you're going to pay money to go watch a, a basketball game, and then you know the, the three starting players from the net, the Nets are all out. You know, I mean, what kind of what kind of uh, admission is that? A bad you know one I mean? is the way to describe that. It's awful. I hate when that happens. Yeah. It's, and it's why so many yeah. people are turned off by the NBA these days. Well, hey, did, did you hear Brett Favre is looking at uh, looking for a gig? You guys might be able to, to snatch him up, give him like free tickets to Sun Bowl or uh, Chihuahua games. I like that. We need to start. We need to start do a simulcast with Brett Favre. We need to start looking at that. That's if he's looking for for work, we can we can find a way to put him to work. I like that. That's yeah, a good idea. You didn't, you didn't see that? That was that was today's news. But I guess ESPN ain't covering it. No, but, they never do. You know, C- CBS Sports was breaking that one. 
Well, that's uh, that's not a surprise. I'm not surprised. Got to keep your head on a swivel, Steve. Yeah, there you go. That's exactly. Um, but here's the thing. He mentioned that he wants to give broadcasting a shot. I don't know if he's ready to do El Paso radio, but maybe we can get him. Uh, you know, maybe we can get him to do something else. Maybe we can get him to do some high school sports. Get him on Football Friday Night. What do you think? Well, I mean, you know, it is Brett Favre, so you know he's going to have a natural attraction. You maybe even be able to get national attraction. You know. Uh, Get get him out and, you know, show up once a month and the rest of the time is all simulcast. I like that. But he said he wants a great deal. That's where it's – that's why, you know, we can't give him a great deal. But he don't need the money, see? That's true. He already says he don't need the money. So you do do the deal with him and say, look, you know, we'll we'll give you the excursion in the Juarez. Yeah, I like that. That's a good idea. Go eat eat a $15 steak and, and drink all you want, you know. He might like that. You never know. That could oh, be yeah. the way to go. So, all right. Good job. You, you, gotta, you know, think outside the box and, uh, you know, but whatever you do, keep them away from UTEP and, uh, and uh, you know, that is. centaur. There it is. Yeah, you waited all centaur. call. You waited You waited the whole call and you threw it don't, out there at the last minute. I like that. Don't, don't bring centaur into the mix. You know, I'll take back half the bad stuff I've ever said about UTEP if – if this athletic director and, and president bring baseball to UTEP. Oh, there it is. That's what it's all about. You want baseball, and if that's the case, that'll change your opinion of the school. Uh, I'll be a I'll be a season ticket holder. Supporter again. Yep. You'll be that? a you'll be a season ticket holder. I like that. All right. Richard, <laughs> have a great weekend, man. Thanks all for right, the call. Man. I'll see you. There you go, 38 passed. I, I just figured out for Richard what it's all about. He wants baseball. He gets baseball at UTEP. It changes everything for him. By the way, Brett Favre is terrible in most media interviews and stuff like that. So I, I'm going to go with a no for me. I'm, I'm Brett Favre. And, uh, yeah, I, I guess uh, for for uh, Richard, maybe baseball is the, the trick, and then he'll come around on UTEP and not uh, start crapping on them all the time. You don't think we can turn Brett Favre into a great broadcaster? No. I, I think there are some lost causes. He's one of them. Oh, man, it's too bad. All right. I'll tell you who is a great broadcaster. Tim Haggerty, story time, coming up next as we get you ready for Chihuahua's baseball here on 600 ESPN El Paso.